Welcome to Couch Convos, Centric Biz and Tech Talks. This is John Cackley, and today I'm talking with Mike McNett about Microsoft Teams as a platform. In addition, Narendra Sundaram is helping me out as a co-facilitator and interviewer. Good morning, Michael. Welcome good morning. to the How you uh, good? discussion. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Excellent. Good to be good. here. Been Great. excited and about Narendra, this Narendra, how are you doing? I'm good, good John. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Good I'm morning. sorry, do you go by Mike or Michael? Mike, I prefer, yep. Yeah. You prefer Mike, I've okay. I've called so many worse things. <laughs> Alrighty. So today what we wanted to talk about was Teams as a platform. So Michael, you put together, or Mike, gosh, here, I'm, I'm yeah. getting it backwards. <laughs> you recently put out a, a was it a four-part blog article or blog series? Yeah, on Teams originally as a it was going to be five-part. We turned it down to four and we pared it down a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's all around just figuring out how you can better leverage Microsoft Teams as a bigger platform just that rather than just looking at it as a team chats, meetings, and calls. Yep. So that's pretty interesting because I had no idea that Teams could be leveraged that way. Uh, so can you give us a little bit of an overview? And is this a recent development, new things from, from, from Microsoft, yeah. or has it been up for a while? couple things on that. So I think from the very beginning when Teams was put out by uh, Microsoft, I think it was, its intent was to serve as a platform because, but it was a platform mostly around basic collaboration. And then it has gradually evolved over time. If you look, you know, a lot of organizations when they first deploy it, they think of it in terms of, hey, chats, meetings, and calls, especially during the pandemic when they needed something mm -hmm. to put in place quickly. And then people started to realize, well, now I can have these teams within Microsoft Teams to use that as a, a hub for my little work group. And I can bring in people, I can bring in guests, but still focused on, around collaboration. And then from the very beginning, they had all these apps that you can bring in, Microsoft apps, third-party apps, and bring those into those working groups and use the information sources to the benefit of those different working groups. Then there's other apps that you can bring in. And so going from that crawl stage at the very beginning, now I'm talking about the walk stage, and now really taking a look at that as a platform into the run stage where we say, all these apps that you're integrating are great. They are helping me bring information together, but now you have different applications that are even larger integration systems to enhance that employee experience. Like a year ago when Microsoft announced Microsoft Viva, and you have all the different components of Microsoft Viva to increase that employee experience. But then the last part, which was a big part of the focus of my webinar, as well as that blog series, is bringing in business processes into mm -hmm. Teams and surfacing those processes, the inputs, the outputs, and everything into Teams, keeping people in the flow of their work by keeping them into Teams and bringing the information, the collaboration, and now those different applications and processes into Teams where they work day in and day out. Cool, cool. So you used apps a lot, and that could mean a uh -huh. lot of different things. I know you were yeah. using that for the layman here. Yep. Now, are these add-ons, I mean, from an implementation and, and support Thing. Is this fairly easy or is this a, an IT driven activity? It can be a little bit of both. Depends okay. on what you really need. So it's the typical IT consultant answer is it depends. So I'm I gonna write that one down. Can I use that? <laughs> you have to yeah. that one? I'm pretty sure you've used it in the past, yeah. <laughs> so in my area from apps, you have the Microsoft apps, which are 
very straightforward. You add an app to be a tab within your, your team and its channel. And now all of a sudden you can use OneNote or you can use Stream, Viva Learning, and you can use all these different apps inside of one of those team and channels. So that's the Microsoft apps. And then you have third-party apps. And those third-party apps, you can bring in similar to the ones that I just mentioned. But then there's also connectors and bots and all these different things. So those are the third-party apps. You know, it depends on what you really need. Some of them have been designed really nicely, both Microsoft apps as well as the third-party apps. Others, I look at those and I'm like, eh, why would I use this? <laughs> and then the last one, though, are those custom apps that you can start to develop. And the custom apps... For basic custom apps, you don't need a whole lot of skill, especially with the amount of resources that you can get out there from the internet. If you understand how to go to GitHub and do all these different things, perhaps with PowerShell, many people could actually develop a, a custom app, very basic, just to get it into a team. Later on, though, as things become more complex and you want that app to do more things for you and become more effective and automate more things, that's probably where you're going to need a little bit more of an IT department involvement, especially if you want those custom apps to be put into your environment so that others across your organization can leverage that great custom app that you developed. Uh, just today, though, right before this call, I went and checked out the Microsoft Teams App Store and just to see how many were out there today. As of about 15 minutes ago, it was 1,499. If I go back probably a year and a half ago, it was probably, it, I, I bet it's, it was less than a thousand. So the growth continues out there for those things that are in that app store. Great. Yeah, I was going to ask about that sort of ecosystem. And a lot of those are coming from non-Microsoft parties as well, right? Most of them are actually from non-Microsoft. So when you think of Teams, they have really opened up the environment. And they said, if you want to get your app into the store, here are the things that you need to do. Here are the best practices to develop it. We encourage you to do that because I think Microsoft has recognized the more people use Teams, hey, that's more usage uh, of right. their system, more consumption, and that's a lot of what, how they do sales. So if they can get these other apps into the store, the usage of Teams goes up, the usage of Office 365 goes up, and ultimately it benefits both those applications, those third-party companies, as well as Microsoft. So it's a win-win. It's a and the bigger win, though, are those companies that already have investments in these different products, these different applications. Mm -hmm. And Microsoft is not saying, go out and replace your Trello or Asana with Planner. It instead, it says, hey, if you can develop a custom app or a an app for Trello or Asana, here's how you can bring it into the store. And now your people can continue to use Asana and Trello from within Microsoft Teams. Cool, cool. So I'm going to shift gears for a little bit, but uh, Narendra, did you have anything uh, on this line that you wanted to ask about? Uh, just one thing that I wanted to follow up on based on what Mike said about the crawl, walk, run approach, uh -huh. right? I'm a personally, I'm a big advocate of that for anything, not just Teams, right? Yeah. So in terms of defining a roadmap, right, would you always recommend that they start with meetings, chats, and collaboration? make sure there's a certain level of maturity before they can think about, say, knowledge management uh, capabilities or automation capabilities, you know, using Power Automate or, you know, Viva, you know, things like that. It depends. <laughs> <laughs> so for organizations that are starting off from Office 365 from scratch and they're just standing up a new tenant, that the crawl walk stage for them would be 
chats, meetings, calls, most like at the beginning, because they're also trying to learn how to use Exchange and SharePoint, and OneDrive, and all these other tools that come to bear. So in that case, it's Teams, the full feature set of Teams, is just too big of an elephant to eat at once. So instead, for them, it would be the, the crawls, chats, meetings, calls. The walk for them would be into that group collaboration. But for those organizations that have a good maturity already in, let's say, SharePoint Online, they already have Exchange out there. They've been using it a long time. OneDrive, they've been using it at least you know a decent number uh, across their organization. And also, how uh, averse are they to change? Are they you know, mm -hmm. accepting of that type of change? Yep, maybe you do chats, meetings, and calls as well as group collaboration. But even in, in both of those scenarios, having a good pilot defined out there, and that way they can learn how it's going to work within their organization, what are the challenges going to be with regard to training and communications and change champions, and how can we learn from those pilots in order to get the larger part of the organization to work. Last piece of this, you know, Viva itself, the Viva suite where you have Microsoft Viva connections, learning, insights, and topics. If you already have a well-developed SharePoint online internet that is modern, that you can easily transition into what's this thing called a home site, putting in that app is so simple inside of your team's environments. And the ROI of that is huge because now that internet is surfaced directly inside of Teams as an app. So in that case, it's a, a very modern type of application, but you can put it in place fairly quickly, fairly easily for that type of organization. Okay. Right. right. Well, I just have one follow-up to that. Yeah. Is it fair to say that we still need those basic capabilities around meetings, collaborations, and chat before you can think about Automate or, you know, uh, Viva? Or are there companies who are doing this using Teams just for that? Are there use cases that can accommodate that? No, I, I they do have to have that chats, meetings, calls, that foundation in place. There's no doubt about that. Uh, before they jump into all of this this other potential that they have, especially if they start bringing in Power Automate as an example or the Power Platform in general, because there's some nuances about how Power Platform interfaces with Teams as well that you need just need to be aware of. Yeah. So in that case, how would you assess the level of maturity before jumping onto the next stage, right? Are there any specific metrics that you look out for? How do you measure that? That, hey, I'm ready to move on to the next thing. <laughs> <laughs> so we do have a maturity model that we try to build off of. And a lot of that is self-assessment. So within the self-assessment, it goes back to what are their skills within their organization with chats, meetings, and calls, and then the group collaboration, and then looking at the other components of Office 365 that are, you interact with. How mature are they on OneDrive? How mature are they on SharePoint Online? The security piece of it, the governance piece of it as well. So almost every one of our engagements, even for those organizations that have had teams in place for quite a while, and they're trying to increase that adoption, we really encourage them to go through a governance workshop with us, because what we found is most people still don't understand all of the, the nuances and complexities inside of Teams admin, OneDrive, SharePoint, and Azure. And then the last part of this, I think related to your, your question, is if they really go down to this Power Automate, Power Platform type customization, they have to have some governance around that in general. And they have to have 
some level of defined citizen development. What do you want some of those end business end users to do versus the things that you don't want them to do and put up those guide rails and barriers to make sure that people are staying within those boundaries that you're setting forth, even outside of teams completely. Okay. Yeah, oh, great. That was a great insight to the whole process. John, back to you. All right. Actually, you just hit something I, I wanted to ask about. You just mentioned citizen development. Yeah. How much is this tool a a playground for citizen development? Teams itself? Well, or if anything on this, right? I, I if I if I sat down, could I write an app for it very easily or a workflow? You could, based on a <laughs> you're variety. Saying, you're saying you could, but don't, right? <laughs> <laughs> Please um, don't. <laughs> yeah, your IT admins will probably say, "Please don't," but <laughs> they also have, I would hope, through good governance, they probably already have some controls in place to stop John from doing to, from doing that or okay. causing harm. In general, though, it is pretty well self-contained that you can do very little harm because. When you're operating within Teams or the Power Platform, it says, all right, what permissions does John have? Mm -hmm. And Microsoft has put in place really good security controls to make sure that John doesn't go past that line in the sand where he could possibly cause damage to others. He might be able to cause damage to himself, but at <laughs> least not going to be able to damage others within the organization. Okay, cool. Where I wanted to go in shifting gears here. So can you tell us your favorite use for Teams as a platform, you know, stretching Teams into something? What was your favorite business yeah. situation? So I really learned the power of Teams as a platform and using it as a digital work hub, a workplace for people to go and stay within and stay within their 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 flow of work through this project that I'm on right now. So there's this large uh, life sciences company, and they do a variety of, I'll just call them studies. And these studies are spread all across North America, and they have different companies at, at different locations. And they all are doing parts of studies. So they have one study at one location, but then they may have a study that is spread across multiples. And up until what we're doing right now, those studies were being done very kind of ad hoc. There was no standardization. So they brought in Centric to do some of the standardization, define those flows, define the business processes, and store the information in one central location. So in this case, there's an integration between several different systems, both Microsoft and non-Microsoft. So the, the Microsoft one is using Dynamics 365 and a couple different components within there. And that is where a lot of the tasks are being managed for this company and for all these different studies. The people at Centric that have built out these, these task templates is just amazing. I don't know how they do it. So <laughs> they were doing that part. Aren't you well, one that, of them, Mike? Aren't uh, you one of them? I am. No, no, no. <laughs> I dabble <laughs> in, in that stuff. Okay. So we're working through that. And they're like, well, this is great for managing those tasks. But what about the collaboration? around some of those files and everything that these people are working on and how do they share information back and forth? So wouldn't it be nice if you could connect that dynamics into Teams and automate many of the things that would normally be done manually, such as auto-provisioning Teams 
for different clients, auto-provisioning channels for these different types of studies, automatically converting some of those channels from this type of channel to this other type of channel. I'm trying to keep a little bit generic here. All right, um, appreciate also, it. Yep. So converting these and then also auto-provisioning different folders and files within those channels, auto-provisioning tabs that point back to that Dynamics environment, and then also over in the Dynamics environment, those folks over there, they are now pointing back into the channels that relate to that project or that study. So you have all of this intertwined information automatically being done and having some standardization out there. And at the end of all of this, when a project closes, well, go ahead and also archive that channel and all the files within it. So getting this whole loop from when they're first working with a customer, generate this task list over in Dynamics, then from that automatically powering a Power Automate flow. That Power Automate flow is actually connecting to an Azure Runbook. Azure Runbook does a whole bunch of the provisioning for me and then creating these things. And then at the, at the very end of that, close everything down. So to me, the amount of time that they're saving in this, both in the Dynamics piece as well as over in the, the Teams piece is gonna be significant. But the bigger part of that, remember at the beginning of the scenario, I said they have all this non-standard process and they have these non-standard ways of communicating mm -hmm. and collaborating. And all right, I'll leave that part of it off. I'm not gonna say that one. Um, <laughs> but now you have all this standardization. So that way, if I work on study X, I go to that channel, it looks just like study A, B, C, D, and all these others that I, I've done. And then the last part of this, and then I'll stop talking is, I think it's very extendable. What we put in place for them, we have the foundation, but then later on they say they could say, well, in addition to provisioning all those things that you just mentioned, also provision me a OneNote notebook for our team to take notes on. Also auto-provision perhaps Microsoft Learning tabs in here, Microsoft Viva Learning tabs in here, and that way people have a direct connection and stay within the flow of their work. So there's just so much extensibility beyond this, I think, that we're moving towards. All right, cool. It's exciting. <laughs> All right, I can tell you're excited, yes? Yeah, for me internally, um, <laughs> it was very exciting to work with these other groups within Centric as well to realize what they have and how I can leverage them, they can leverage me. It's just been a, a really good overall collaborative project, I think. All right, and, and what have you seen or what ideas have you heard about that you don't think would work well? What, what I mean, it sounds like, can it do anything? What does it not do? <laughs> so what doesn't it work, do well? Trying to replace a call center, a very complex call center. I mean, the Microsoft Teams voice that you have inside of Teams is amazing what you can do, but trying to trying to replicate call center capabilities in Teams, probably not that great. Another limiting factor for some organizations is if you have a lot of on-prem data or you have some on-prem customized applications that have been developed that don't necessarily have APIs that have been developed. So that is those are complexities because here you have your Office 365 up in the cloud and you have to somehow talk back to the on-prem and make it through all of the different firewalls that you may have in place all of the different security controls that you have in there without opening up risk to bad actors out there getting access because of these holes that are being punched into there. So that would be a concern. 
And some of that, that old legacy type custom apps that are out there, maybe there's, for some organizations, maybe there's some value in enhancing those through APIs. So you could, could make these connections, but that's going to be very unique to, I think, every organization. So to me, those are probably the biggest concerns because as long as it's up in the cloud and you have all the right security controls in place, the right governance code controls put in place, you can be assured that all of these integration points that you have, as long as you're following those best practices, it's going to be secure transmissions, it's going to be secure data storage, it's going to be secure integrations between. So I think the the limiting factors are everything that I just mentioned, as well as probably the pocketbook. Right. If you really want to get advanced, there's going to be a bigger cost to it. All right. Narendra, any follow-ons to that? No, so I, I just wanted one more favorite thing I wanted to ask Mike. From a bot perspective, you know, there are so many bots out there, just like apps, right? Any favorite bot that you like or, you know, even whether for a business purpose or, you know, just for fun? So I I am not enamored by bots. I, I really am <laughs> not. And that's probably just because I have not had the opportunity to really investigate those too much. I would say that the bots themselves okay the real question is do you have a good knowledge base sitting behind that where you, the bot is smart enough and you're willing to invest in that bot and the whole q a type thing to truly provide help out there i know that there's some really good uh healthcare bots out there i know that centric has this team central where it is a a central location where you can transfer information between all these different apps so I think those types of tools that are the integration points to help support these bots are probably the more important parts uh, around that bot development. So what sort of resistance do you get from clients when you talk about using Teams as a platform? I mean, maybe you only come in after that or solution's already been determined, but you know, do you, do you see certain resistance maybe along the way and during an implementation? Uh, the security piece. Um, okay. I think there's there are a lot of old school CISOs out there who don't believe about the security <laughs> related to it. And I don't know, some of those people, it may be, this is my own personal opinion, not based on any facts or anything like that or research. Well, I, I think get some, confused by facts. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, yes. I think some of them, it is, I think they have uh, job security as long as they continue to say no, because you can show them that the audits have been done by third-party vendors out there. You can show that the, the governments uh, across the world have validated that the security of these tools. You can show that healthcare organizations that have all these HIPAA compliance requirements that they're met. You can talk to those that have to comply with nuclear regulatory type uh, requirements. It can be met. So I think that's a big reluctance is just the naysayers out there on security. And to me, I can't imagine going back to the old on-prem days. To me, that's where the security risk is. I'm not nearly as, as concerned about it up in the, in the cloud, as long as you've implemented it properly. The other part of this is prove to me the ROI, that the amount of investment that I'm going to put into this automation and bringing the information to them is going to be worth it. And I truly believe that there's a lot of back of the envelope statistics that you can provide about how often, John, do you actually go out and switch 
between different apps. Right. And right. then once you switch to that app and you open up the web browser and you're going into your ERP or you're going into Dynamics or Salesforce or all these different tools, how long does it take to you for you to get to that one item that you're looking for? Whereas instead of going out and all, having all these apps, bring the apps into you and that way, and when you go to that one team related to client XYZ, it's automatically right there. You don't even have to do a search. All the information related, related to client XYZ is right there at your fingertips. So I think you can quickly say, if I could bring all these different apps into my teams and have immediate access to the data that they would normally go out and search for, that's a significant amount of time savings. And so that is, is difficult sometimes to quantify because right. it really depends on how many different apps are you really involved in? But then the, the other part of that is, so John, have you ever gone out to and open up a web browser to look at dynamics? And you say, well, I need to see how my kids or grandkids are doing. So I'm gonna go over to Facebook yeah. just for a couple of minutes. <laughs> you lose that context that you're in and you lose the focus. Right. Sure. Whereas if you're inside of Teams working in that client XYZ, you're probably gonna stay with it rather than going out to all these other places and get you know, confused probably. perhaps. Probably, yeah. Okay. So Narendra touched earlier on, you know, can can Teams be used as a platform if you're not already using the chat and collaboration level? Uh, another sort of edge edge case here: company is not really a Microsoft environment. They're using Google Apps. Are they SOL? I shouldn't probably use that word. Or <laughs> are, are they out of luck here, or is there, you know, a a way in for them? I imagine some of these apps, there is a migration or transition path over mm -hmm. into Teams. So let's assume that they have Google apps and they have a Google environment, plus they have an Office 365 environment and they want to bring this over. Well, we do lots of migrations of files and emails from the G Suite over into Office 365. Most of those integration points, those apps that they're using, there is no true migration or a trans translation path. So typically it has to be either re-implemented inside of the Office 365 platform, if those third-party apps actually have something for Office 365, or we re-engineer it perhaps using Power Platform as an option for them. So it, it, just, it just depends on the application and what they're doing. Another time that we've come across this, John, is for those organizations that are migrating from Slack into Teams. Mm. And they're like, hey, we already have these different apps that we've connected our Slack uh, to. Can you do the same thing over in Teams? There's not always that one for one, but many times there's another application out there that does similar things. Or you can easily implement this with Power Platform combined with you know other information sources out there. All right. Yeah, I, a good answer. I appreciate it all. I was my actual original thought was assume the company has no intention of uh, migrating off of the G Suite. So ah, <laughs> that's so sort of there, the first step is they got to get to 365. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are ways. I mean, anybody can get Teams today. It's free, but you are very limited on what you can do with those free versions. So, yeah, I, th I think it would be kind of clunky to do what you're proposing there, John. Okay, all right. So I had a closing question. Narendra, did you have anything else before we had a closer? 
Yeah, I, I did have one question. I don't know if the same closing question as yours, but uh, <laughs> what I wanted to ask Mike was, Teams has really grown as a platform yeah. in the last two, three years, like you mentioned. So I was wondering if you could offer any insight into what is the next big thing that Microsoft may be adding to Teams as a capability. That was my uh, question. Yeah, so, oh gosh, there's so many changes that have come out and are coming out. So I, I do want to do a quick plug for this other part of Teams that people are going to start seeing already. It's just come, come out into our tenant within the last three weeks, and that's shared channels. And shared channels allow you to bring people into a team that aren't members of the team itself. And you can bring people into that one shared channel that are inside of your organization. Mm -hmm. And that way they don't see the general channel of that team. They don't see all the other channels. So you don't have to create all these private channels. It's amazing for even that internal cross-functional type collaboration where you say, I just want to give them a little space within my team to collaborate with our group. About and, bloody time. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's it's amazing what it can do. So to me, that internal collaboration by having these shared channels is phenomenal. The other part that I don't think as many people are going to benefit from is the same shared channel you can actually share with people outside of your organization as well. But that requires much more ch change in your Azure, Azure AD. And because of those changes, I think there's some organizations are just going to be like, no, I don't want to do that. So to the next part of your question, what's coming out in the future? They are going to continue to enhance Microsoft Viva platform. So one in particular, Viva Topics. Viva Topics is being surfaced in several different locations. Today, it's not quite there yet inside of Teams or over in Outlook. When it is fully integrated, as you're typing in a chat or a conversation inside of one of these teams or over in your email, it's going to recognize a word that you used called Microsoft Teams, and it will automatically highlight it as a key term, a key topic. You hover over it, and this topic card opens up, and then you get to see that John is an expert in this field. And, and then it will also show all these other people that are experts. Here are the key documents related to it. And here are all the intertwined other types of topics that relate to this thing called Microsoft Teams. So I'd continue to look at the integration points with Microsoft Viva and Teams and the whole Office suite. The last part of this, as far as the future goes, the Teams meetings will continue to thrive, will continue to strengthen. It's a key part of everybody's day, everybody's lives today. Microsoft continues to enhance the Teams environment, the Teams meetings environment, as well as the rooms and devices and all that to try to keep a level playing field with both the people that are in the office now, as well as those who are outside the office. I'm sure both of you have sat in meetings over the last couple of years where you have a handful of people in a room, and then you have a hand pe handful of people in the meeting, in the Teams meeting. The Teams meeting people, they get left out. They, they get lost in the conversation. People forget about them because they're not standing right in front of you. So some of these new technologies, these new advancements, new, new features that Microsoft is putting out helps level that playing field. And related to that, the Teams meeting notes, it's a horrible tool today. <laughs> There's gonna be some big improvements on that soon, I believe, that will make it more simple to take notes keep notes, search notes, go back in history on notes. So that enhancement. And then the last piece, most people aren't going to really understand, so I'm not even going to try to explain it, 
is the, the live components. Because when you first look at this, you're like, how would I use this? Basically, I can have a component, and that component I can put in a meeting chat. That same component can live over in my email. That same component will live over in SharePoint. That same component can live in all these different places. And all these people can just start interacting with it. So it's co-authoring on steroids. Uh, but there's some okay. really unique use cases around this that I'm really looking forward to seeing how we can uh, continue to evolve that. Cool, cool. A lot of great stuff. And remember, that was my question. So we're <laughs> that was closing. But I, there, actually, you've responded to another question. I probably will not leave this in the final podcast, but I have to ask it. What the heck is Microsoft Viva? <laughs> I've never even heard of it before. So Viva was announced back in February of 2021. Okay, I'm Viva, paying attention, clearly. Yeah. Yep. So <laughs> Viva came out. So Microsoft, uh, huge announcement back in February. Mm -hmm. And they said, we need to enhance the employee experience. So there's four components within there. The first one, Viva Connections. So at Centric, when you click into Teams in the top left-hand icon, the lounge, that's Viva Connections. Mm. That's the one that's real easy to bring the, the employee information from your internet and dashboards and all these things into Teams itself. And that one had actually been around for a while. They just renamed it. So the next one is Microsoft Viva Insights. That is the Microsoft Analytics that have been around for a long time. They've rebranded and really enhanced okay. what you can do with it. Viva Learning is from within Teams, bring the learning experience into Teams and have that learning information curated from your LinkedIn Learning, LinkedIn learning from your Microsoft Learning Pathways, from different LMSs, and having it all at your fingerprint tips and then i can sorry, say sorry, when you say learning do you mean learning resources do you mean knowledge-based articles um yes. okay all right <laughs> it's it, it brings right. all of those information sources into one and then okay. since it's integrated into teams i can be having a chat with john and say john and i click on the three dots and i find the learning and i look up a term called dynamics 365. i say john here's a some learning material because you're trying to figure out more about Dynamics 365, and it's in that chat. And then over in your learning environment, say, here are the topics that I'm interested in. Bring that information to me automatically. Set up a learning path for me. Let me highlight and save bookmarked learning uh, uh, information for me. But then I can share it with others. And then the last component is topics. And I mentioned topics already. So topics, connections, insights, and learning. It's an amazing suite of tools, bringing all that information into that digital work hub for everyone. Well, I, the excitement. We, we get oh, to yeah. like pour some cold water over you. You're just too excited. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love talking about this stuff. And, awesome. just, and I'll tell you, John, because I see what it does to those organizations, how it uh -huh. truly can improve their effectiveness, get people less frustrated if done properly, about all of this information that is just being thrown at them and the, the struggles that they have around collaboration, it can significantly uh, simplify their lives, if done properly. If done properly, all right. That's awesome, well, thank you so much, Michael. Uh, Mike. Yep. <sighs> <laughs> McNutt, whatever Sorry, your name is. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Couch Convo's Centric Biz and Tech Talks. Thanks to Mike McNutt and Arundhati Sundaram, and thank you for listening.